Viewer discretion is advised. There's a lot of students walking in that fog, and I think that's due to lack of purpose. They haven't been walking in purpose. Mandate. Welcome to Mandate, where we navigate fresh perspectives and nothing is off the table tonight. It's guests. Yes, I said guests. We have three guests in the studio tonight. Uh, vibrant and also very intelligent young young people. And so they're actually studying, the, well, actually they've finished their first year of, of studies in university. Uh, two of them are at um, UOA and also one is at AUT. And so they're all from Okilari uh, and Tamaki Makoto. And so one is actually majoring in biology and also computer science. The other is uh, Pacific studies and also politics and the last one is doing creative technologies and so please put your hands together for these amazing three individuals these young vibrant and exuberant uh, folks please put your hands together for Nathaniel Tivoli, Mena Falefata and Mac Puiri <laughs> Hey thank you so much for coming in tonight and so just to, just to get the ball uh, rolling and started because you finished your first year of studies. Please tell us, t- tell us <clears> how has it been for you guys finishing high school and now getting into the this new world of of study and, and university and so forth. Obviously in uh, AUT and UOA. So tell us how has it been for you. Give us some insights of your journey thus far. Hmm. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, I think going in going to uni from. Um, high school it's been yeah it's really different much more students um, much more smarter students um, yeah that you know um, keep you <clears throat> motivated and yeah it's, I sometimes I feel alone because only one coming from South Auckland and not that much um, people that um, like brown faces that I normally grew up with um, not not in university which is kind of weird because I have to find my own friends. Um, yeah, making new ones as well, which is a, um, it's kind of sad. But but this year taught me a lot. There's a lot of freedom in my degree that I'm taking, um, which allows me to grow on my creativity, which is um, which is great because I really want to grow my creativity. Um, yeah, I just learned so much about coding and um, design, product design, which I want to go into as a career, which is entrepreneurship or something like that, and business. Yeah, um, yeah trying to get that bag. But <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, but yeah. But yeah, that's basically me. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So. Oh, yeah. Um, I think for me, I don't know about you guys, but I actually enjoyed it. Like, yeah. I actually, it was like, obviously it's going to be hard transitioning from a different space into another. But I mean... I like I love experiences and like learning call me a nerd but um like I feel like it's such a great opportunity just to see other smart people or like mm-hmm. see other like minds and just like kind of learn off them and kind of like develop your own kind of identity in a different space but yeah I'd say my it was definitely rocky in the first start you know, you get humbled real quick mm. in those spaces a lot. Um, but yeah, looking back, I feel like I really enjoyed. I feel like I really enjoyed it. Like, mm. yeah. Awesome. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much what you two just said as well. Um, I think there's a greater responsibility being at uh, transitioning from high school to university. You know, you don't have the teacher on your back saying. You have to do your work, you have to do your homework, 
kind of just have to put that on your back and be your own motivator i guess but yeah it's good to find people that think alike and um find like yeah, same thing find like-minded people so yeah but i felt like i was prepared for the workload especially coming from from high school and strict parents so yeah <laughs> it's pretty pretty enjoyable that's cool that's awesome you, you mentioned i love it what you said you said you mentioned there's a level of independence mm. and obviously the transition and so it is it can be quite daunting eh? i can imagine you can be quite daunting you go to a new institute and you kind of freak, try to figure things out so for, tell us tell if you can tell jay and myself how long did it take for you to kind of assimilate <clears throat> so to speak or try to fit in or even like you were saying someone mentioned that off oh, there's other people who are smarter than i I am. And so how long did it kind of for you kind of to fit in, but also to really find yourself or find your place in, in uni? Mm. For me, it was the first day I settled in pretty quickly. Um, it was funny because... Um, all the girls, eh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was all the boys. <laughs> but uh, um, I think, yeah, the first day, um, I remember sitting on the first table. I sat on any table, um, empty, and somehow I just saw this guy that was sitting there. Ah, oh, pause, but <laughs> but I saw this guy, and he was like, "Ah, oh, might might have just sat next to him." And then more students started coming in, started um, settling down, and um, yeah, more more boys came to sit on next to our table. And it was weird because when the class started, I looked around. I was like, "Damn, all these guys are poly." I was like, "Oh, I can get used to this," but. It was funny because I looked across the room and all the polys were on our table, which was crazy. I was like, oh, we can't somehow like magically placed into this one table. Um, yeah, but I think there's a, a fear of sitting next to someone that's not like you or brown, I'd say. But yeah, but once I settled down with them, I spoke to them. I was like, oh. That, that that classic Christian, what school did you go to? Only hung out. Oh, me, me, me. Do you know this guy? Yeah, yeah. And that's how we, yeah, that's like how we polys get to know each other, what culture are you and stuff. But that's pretty easy for us. Um, yeah, Islanders getting to know each other. It's like two questions and man, yeah. best friends, um, best man at your wedding next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, yeah, we became pretty close um, throughout the year which I'm um, very happy about because they're way smarter than me. So I can uh, look over the, <laughs> look, look to the answers. But yeah, happy, happy with um, this year so far. Yeah. I feel like for me, it didn't take long as well, even though I feel like it, I only fully settled in second semester. Yeah, because um, yeah, I had a lot of friends taking the same same courses I did because I did Unibound as well. So like we all had our groups and it was just like set like, oh yeah, do you want to meet me after my class? <laughs> or like we'll go all together. But um, second sem, I felt like that's where I like fully had to go on my own and kind of like delegate, well, no, like I had to make the right choices and et cetera, et cetera. Like, you know, um, get the right networks, get the right connections, et cetera. Because, yeah, reflecting back on my first seven, it was a lot of like, oh, we'll do it last minute. like, And that didn't, that didn't go well with my mental mm. health, especially. But, um, yeah, I felt like, and it was great because like the courses that I'm taking, we see a lot of like variety of different ethnic groups as well. So it was kind of like 
oh yeah, inspiring moments, seeing them all, seeing those faces and those spaces really like, kind of like gave me that motivation to, oh yeah, now nah, I can do this. If I see their um, similar faces, like doing what they're doing, oh, I can do as well, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, forgot my train of thought. I was gonna, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like I've settled well. Yeah, for for me it was actually the opposite. It took me a really long time to to kind of fit in. It was a kind of daunting moment. You get to university, it's like, oh man, I actually don't have any friends. Eh? <laughs> oh wow, I thought I made friends in high school, but then you see them in university, you kind of just put your hat down. Oh, I don't know you anymore. But um, yeah, it was it. It took me quite a long time because I think deep down inside I'm kind of introverted and so I found it really hard to kind of approach people and be like hey how, what's your name where are you from but then I remembered that I had a brother at AUT so I kind of just leached off of him and his friends so eventually I got there but it it did take a while I think a lot of people speak on this the culture at UOA is a little bit a little mm. bit less yeah. culturally I guess yeah. sensitive uh when it comes <clears throat> towards when it comes to um I guess Islanders, I, I, I'm not going to, you know, kind of sugarcoat it or whatnot. Mm. Yeah, so many, many towards Islanders, but all in all, I got there eventually, so settled in now, but it did take me quite a while, so yeah. Mm. That's cool. Cool, cool. There's, I've got so many questions, um, but I guess the first one, Pete, um, is in your mind, just thinking about um, the show and and our audience, why do you think it's so important for us to hear more from the upcoming generation and their experiences? Because I think it's such an important yeah. thing to gauge. Um, and because you guys, you know, oftentimes people will talk about wanting to help the upcoming generation, all that sort of stuff. But how often do we actually speak, get to speak to them and hear their real experiences? But I'm just curious to hear from your perspective and, and for our audience, why do you think it's so important for us to be able to have these conversations with this upcoming generation? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, um, Jay. And I think, for, for instance, I think it's very important because we have a lot of guests that come on and obviously adult guests. And I think what tends to happen is that we kind of miss or we don't, I guess, so to speak, we don't get the voices of, of the, our young people, so to speak. We miss out on, on their viewpoints, miss out on what they're, they're thinking, miss out on, on their world. And so it's, it's, it's important for us, as, even as, as fathers, Joe, to listen to some of these the, the younger generation and to see what's happening for them, what's their, what's their standpoint and on, on, their opinions, but also what's, what's the, what are they going through? What, what are some of the struggles they go through? What are some of the successes? And how do we, as adults, or how how do we, as parents, uh, help to support those those issues or those goals that they have, and also to better understand? I think, if anything, if we can understand as adults and bridge that gap in terms of young generation older gen versus the older generation, I can guarantee that we can make a lot of headways in terms of intergenerational, um, but wealth or more so intergenerational. Um, st a standpoint where everyone kind of works together. So uh, yeah, I think it's a good question. But I think we, we should have the voices of our young people heard, and uh, and be confident enough to speak their mind. 
Oh, cool. Awesome. Uh, I think sometimes, just to add on to that, sometimes I think, and obviously my kids are still young. They're like four and almost two. But I imagine for a lot of parents, seeing their kids go out into university, you know, they're used to a, a structure when you go through primary, intermediate, high school. And now in university, you're kind of going a little bit off into the world. And so there's a lot of fear and a lot of trust from the parents' perspective. Um, to hope that they've done enough to give you what you need. And for a lot of parents, I imagine it's hard for them to let go. Some of them don't let go. And that's all good. It's a learning process for everyone. Um, but when we think about you guys starting at university, especially so young from high school, I'm curious about what inspired you, because you're all studying quite unique, yeah. amazing things. So I'm curious about what influenced you to pick those specific things and dedicate the next, because it's not just a year of your life. It's like this is three, four sometimes five years of your life mm -hmm. um, to further study. What made you pick those specific things? For me, it was um, uh, because where I'm wanting to head to is uh, towards medicine. I do want to become a doctor. And um, what inspired me was my grandfather. So he was, he was uh, one of the only doctors in Samoa in his time. And so, you know, seeing the his work ethic uh seeing the kind of man that built him up to be kind of made me want to be like you know i want to want to be like that too so that's kind of the man i always aspired towards and you know maybe even take it even further so it was always my my grandfather also my uncle my uncle george he's a psychiatrist in samoa as well he this man was the definition of work he still is the definition of work so i've I've never seen him take an off day. I've never seen him sick, him and my dad. So they've always been the the workers in my family. And so they've they've kind of pushed me to want to work hard to always be the best that I can be. Still a work in progress, but you know those are the men in my life who kind of inspired me to take mm -hmm. this path. And you know it's a long road, but if someone could do it before me, then I can do it too. So, yeah. I feel like for me, it took me a while to kind of actually kind of pinpoint where I want to see myself in the future. And I felt like that didn't only, that didn't really come into play until like my last year of school. And I was like, you know, I have to like actually seriously think about, I can't just, you know, um, follow the steps of like my siblings or like, you know, family members. Like I actually want to do something for myself. And so I felt like in, like the experiences that I took um, in my last year of school really kind of planned out where I wanted to be. And that was like seeing representations in like the politics, um, like the political systems, and especially getting our people, our voices in those spaces and like the real authentic, you know, perspectives. Because I feel like a lot of our people tend to, kind of want to fit the fit those boxes that are kind of already played by like I'd say our Eurocentric views or like you know so I felt like yeah and I feel yeah um for me uh, I think I was in the same boat as Mena trying to find the Ah, oh, my intentions for what I was gonna pursue. 
it came to me at the last year of school. Oh, not really. I kind of had an idea of what I wanted to um, study. Something with art and design, because that, that's a really good passion of mine. Um, like designing. Um, making into a business as well. Um, in my final year of school, I did a project on um, the financial viability of NFCs. Seeing if it was good enough, or like if you can get rich off it. So I was like, oh, oh, that project, by the way, it flopped anyway. Um, <laughs> by the way, flopped and I got no money from that. But um, yeah, that that kind of inspired me to like pursue business. Because um, I, I, I saw videos of people getting rich off that, like quick money. That kind of like um, manipulated me, to be honest. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, that got me in a... <laughs> uh crypto spiral but uh, <laughs> but yeah i got tricked into that but still i'm trying to learn the basics of business still trying to find skills um in uni and um in my degree um yeah family they really trusted me with um what i was going to pursue because um they saw my grades and it was like oh that's okay you can you have your freedom um yeah so they trusted me um i make sure that um their trust isn't wasted so yeah Awesome. awesome to hear all your ins like awesome. what inspires you and sort of what your vision is and i know sometimes that can be a hard thing to articulate because we often just keep it as an internal thing yeah. and we don't often get to speak it so just awesome good on you guys for being able to speak that on the spot um <laughs> in front of a camera well done um i just wanted to touch on some of the things you guys had mentioned earlier um i think it's really interesting um how you talked about going through high school and then going to uni was just next level. And it made me think about how not many of us get a choice to go through school. It's just expected of us. It's ingrained in us to go to school. But when you get to uni, it's that next level because most of the people there are there for a purpose. They are all there to be the best or to, you know, to learn. Whereas at school sometimes, there's lots of people that are just there because they need to be, yeah? Mm. Um, but it was just interesting that you guys all touched on there's the sense of belonging where um, I think Mackie had mentioned looking for all that, all the polys had sort of gathered together. And we naturally kind of want to belong in any space, even though the degrees that you're doing, it will only be your name on the degree at the end. Yet for some reason, we still feel like we have to belong, even though the pursuit is an individual one. Um, and so it's just really interesting that you guys spoke about just that dynamic and wanting to fit in because it is would you agree it is still important to feel like you belong socially yeah. even though you're off doing your own thing you still want to feel like you belong yeah yeah so true why do you think that is and is it something that's quite unique for our people or do you think this is a human nature thing that's a great question <laughs> that's a great question uh, oh. I, I was like I was always oh sorry oh uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I was always taught kind of growing up you know you're not you're not a mountain that you stand alone so I would say it's kind of a uh, innate thing in a, a lot of us but it is um, particularly particularly expressed in our islander cultures because of our I, I guess our need to want to protect each other I guess. Um, we feel comforted by one another. We feel protective of one another. We always feel a sense of belonging around our own people. And I 
think it relates to that alanga upu, you know, awane ingaloa fia isi onavao. So never forget those who were kind to you. And for us, you know, it's our people, for us it's our family. And when we see people that, you know, look like our family, that treat us like our family, you, you're, you're naturally inclined to gravitate towards that. And so I think that's where it comes from and where it's expressed for us islanders specifically. But in terms of it, yeah, I think it's an innate, an innate, an innate, sorry, I fucked up for a second, an innate thing in all, all of us. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, I feel like it's an internalized thing where we're so used to being in a collective, like with our family, village, you know, we always, that we have always have that ingrained, you know, sense of belonging to a place and that's our family. And so going into those spaces, like Nate said, we're always trying to find that in those spaces. And I guess that's why we're always trying to find groups or like socially be social you know because it's kind of daunting when you're going into these spaces and you're just like oh no like I can't be by myself even though like even though it's like okay to be on your own sometimes but like you still feel the need the physical need to like be with people Mm -hmm. as well because there's so much in your emotions and stuff like that it's just yeah you need that social kind of yeah. you know yeah yeah foundation just sat- type thing. yeah just setting on i think the social aspect is really important um yeah because um hopping into uni i the first thing i put into mind was make friends make friends <laughs> make friends and then you'll be all right um two friends yeah yeah, <laughs> two, yeah. <laughs> two friends. i i, I told these guys um early in the year to make friends at least two friends yeah. and like oh yeah and luckily oh and caroline caroline told me to make at least one um yeah. non-brown friend. <laughs> oh, well. yeah. but it turned out to be two brown friends which is oh, it's okay but friends a friend but yeah i think having yeah just getting as much relationships as you can um, oh, at least at least some good good relationships um, really put me in a good spot where I can, um, you know, keep my mental health in check, um, check up on myself um, through other people, mm. and just express my um, my worries to them. Like, um, oh, when's this assignment due and stuff? Can we for my assignment? So just yeah, make sure I think yeah. Message everyone is get those good friends where they um, help you up. Not like Nate, um. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. No, it's really good because yeah. then they keep you like accountable in those yeah, times. Like you really need it. Mm. Yeah. I think Caroline said the same to me to make one brown friend. So I got two half casts. So yeah, half brown, <laughs> so that makes one person half, half white. Yeah. So that makes the other. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, also, really good point and um, really interesting to hear. Um, your your fellow's perspectives on that and it's interesting I just wanted to add that um, you know I know at uni to begin with um, we find people that look like us and um, I think Mac you had mentioned um, you know not being able to see it first seeing people from our background at uni um, and I think it's so important to see people that reflect yourself um, at uni both as students but also I think as lecturers as well I think it's so important and there's an interesting thing that happens when you're going through uni and that's essentially 
the diversity of thoughts, it's finding the belonging with your thinking because you'll learn things that will change the way you think and it's really important to have people or friends. And you'll probably find that as you go through your studies, you'll find people that think similarly and actually those will be the ones. And who knows what they look like or yeah. you know who they are, but it'll be really cool once you're, you know, if you haven't already, being able to find those people that think similarly and you just connect without having to, you know, without it being as demanding physically. So, no, that's cool. Thank you so much for sharing. You, you bring up a good point, Amina, because you said uh, as, as a collective uh, that we kind of naturally navigate or to our, our people. We see someone, oh, we connect with that person straight away. Mm -hmm. But how has it been for you in terms of your first year in terms of study if there's no brown person, if there's no poly or Maori person in your sites, how do you how do you kind of interact? Do you guys are you guys comfortable or are you guys confident to interact with someone who, outside of your culture? Or, because I, you, know, you were saying something like in terms of oh, you know, it can be quite awkward. You know, sometimes we can't really connect with that person. But how how how's it been for you guys in terms of connecting with other uh, cultures outside of? PI and Māori, it hasn't been easy or are you confident to be in the midst of those different cultures? I feel like it depends on the situation. Um, like, I feel like now I feel like I'm more comfortable, like, if there's common ground, like, if there's something to latch on or, like, you know. Um, but, yeah, I feel like it depends, you know. Obviously, in those tutorial groups, and those tutorial classrooms, there's obviously the common ground of, like, oh, what are you studying? Like, oh, what school did you come from? And then it kind of like naturally like goes that way. But um, where there's like non-PIs in the room, I feel like, you know, um, naturally I would have to like, oh, so like I'm an overthinker. So um, I always plan out, pre-plan these situations out. So I'm like, oh, yeah. So um, if I go into that class, um, just tell them like, oh, oh, what are you studying? Or like, um, so what are your plans with the weekend? Like those type. And usually it would like plan out the way where that relationship goes. And then, yeah, so I'll just like <laughs> plan it out in my head. But I feel like I'm okay with not being in a room full of islanders. Although in my head I'm like, oh, I wish there was more PIs in this room. <laughs> but like it's a matter of like, oh, that's something I could work on towards, you know. Cool. That's good. I think it boils down to to your your other point, you know, uh, diversity of thought, mm. and um, just kind of finding those like minded people as well. Uh, with it, you know, applies the same towards islanders. If if you disrespect your parents, you're not on my birthday list. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it, I think it it's just the same can be applied to every other culture. I don't think your your for for me personally at least your background matters towards how we interact you know that doesn't doesn't necessarily have to be island up but two of my best friends are actually uh punjabi so um love those guys too so it's we think the same we interact the same we joke the same i, I guess it's the same with islanders you know we we joke the same way so i guess it's just boils down to that yeah i agree like honestly i don't think it should matter on like the race like you know it just boils down to like the same perspectives or like the same morals or like you know ethics involved and that's mm. what i've realized in uni like yeah true yeah 
Yeah, like I said, a friend's a friend. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, friend's a friend. But um, yeah, coming off yours, you said diversity of um thought. You said diversity of thought, and I think there's a lot of things you can learn from you know different races, not just poly. And that's one thing that I'm I'm trying to learn as well. Um, trying to at least talk to one non-poly person. But it's, I've been just, been, to be honest, I've been just sticking with my two friends lately. And they've been all good. And you're sweet. Yeah, yeah, I'm sweet. Yeah, okay. If I can copy your answers, then oh, yeah, I just need you. But yeah, oh, just going off the question. Um, yeah, sweet. I really agreed with your diversity of thought. Because um, coming from uni, from high school, as there's, there was only probably only four four coaches I know like Cook Island, Modi, Tong and Samoan. And then I walk walk into uni, there's like thousands of oh no thousands. Like um more heaps of races, which is cool. I made a friend, um, an Asian guy, and coming up few men at um common ground. So he noticed my basketball next to my foot and he's like, Oh, do you play basketball? And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, I play basketball. And it's like, Oh, do you know how to dunk? And I just looked at him like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, oh, <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, these guys are cool. I would have never known that um, I could have bonded with these people just just having common ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a lot of gamers in my um, in my course, which, like, just name one game and you become friends with them. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just talking about friends, like making friends. It's cool, pretty man. easy, but yeah. That's so cool. And I think that's an interesting point, Mac, because I think that's one of the best ways to find friends at uni. Literally, just what you wear. There's like clues that like go into stuff. Um, the lanyard that I wear, it was gifted by a student, but um, as a teacher, it's like just trying to connect with as many kids as you can. And so I typically have, if it's not an anime, it's a K-pop something. And then it's just like, that's how students will be like, oh, do you know about them? Oh, yeah. man, I watched yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, cool, we have a connection point. Yeah. And it's just cool that like that example of just your shoes, mm. like that can be a way for um, students to go out and just meet people. Just wear your favorite yeah. stuff and mm-hmm. just be you. Mm. Sometimes standing out with what you are interested in is the best way to connect. So that's really awesome. I was going to touch on that point. Um, one of the things I was curious about as well is when you reflect back on your high school time, because a few of you had mentioned it before, um, and you think about the journey that you've had at university now, did high school do enough to prepare you? And if not, what more could have been done to help you in this journey of university? Part of it might be the teachers, part of it might be your family, like there are ways that they could have supported you more. And I think the reason I ask this is because I imagine there's a lot of young men out there who want to go to study and you've come from high school, you're in there, and so your feedback, it's important. It really is. So I'm really curious to hear um, your thoughts on preparations from that high school period, from teachers, from family, and just from yourselves. Oh, yeah, 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 I can start. Um, five years I've been in Mangere College, and in those five years, I haven't worked on my collaboration skills, like working in, in a group, because it's been a pretty independent journey in um, high school. Um, I've been navigating on my own most of the time. Um, to be honest, there wasn't 
really that much males that's been um, achieving well or to a certain standard. Um, I'm going to be honest, I was the top student in my class. So um, there wasn't really much people to keep me in line because I, I love being top of the class. Um, so there was this, my main motivator was um, if I see someone like pretty smart and top of the class, I was come, oh, yeah, yeah I, I'm going to be the top of the class. But um, yeah, my, just my collaboration skills. Just, the male um, academic excellence was pretty low in our school. Um, oh, there was this one time in our assembly, um, they gave out uh, um, their excellence endorsements. Um, we had an assembly um, to hand out. Um, merit and excellence endorsements to students and i looked around the stage and i was the only boy in my year level i was like where's all the boys at and i was like oh snap oh this was in year 12 by the way oh and year 11 when i got my um endorsement certificates and i was like damn so and boys were usually the ones i make uh, friends with and talk about my assignments but i couldn't because they didn't know what they were doing and yeah, well, well, I could, but not to that um, excellence level. Um, yeah, it's been hard um, collab collaborating and working in a group for me. Yeah. I feel like for mine, um, I feel like our school is pretty lenient on, like, the pathways from high school. So I didn't think they they really didn't, they didn't overstep or, like, didn't, um, you know, prioritise the what you needed for uni really because they kind of wanted to accommodate for all the other people wanting to go different pathways and etc so I feel like that not having like especially for Pacific Islanders in um for my school because it was pretty diverse so it was kind of like the small percentage of islanders going into uni so they're like trying to generalize all the like generalize everything um yeah so I felt but then again feeling like uh being in that percentage just gave me more motivation to go through that pathway because honestly I didn't think I was going to go into uni until like my last year as well so um yeah I feel like there just needs to be more work around our Pacific Islanders in those diverse schools because um I feel like the common, you know, conception is, oh, like, islanders should just, you know, if you don't want to study more, go into, like, you know, construct, like, you know, mm. those other yeah. tertiary... Politics and all yeah, that, yeah. MIT yeah. and all of those other options. So, yeah, yeah. even though I feel like I was prepared, because I tried to make sure I did, <laughs> I was prepared by, like, reaching out and I feel like that's another thing, reaching out, even though you don't want to or, like, you're just so used to, like, being all like, oh, I'm okay, like, I'll do, I'll be fine, um, I'll get there when I get there, you know, the preparation thing, um, yeah, but I feel like it was a really independent journey, mm -hmm. yeah. transitioning, and I don't think I would change it, but there was probably room for improvement in those um during those times um yeah yeah i uh, i do say that i was i was prepared from high school i think a lot of the 
responsibility fell on me though and understandably because you know this is my path moving forward and not necessarily everybody's gonna chime into that after after their job is done and so i don't expect them to uh like you said you know it's it's kind of like a lonely walk from there on but it's a walk that you have to take but in terms of academically everything i i do appreciate my my high school for everything that they did um a lot of what they were trying to do was push towards success rather than kind of veering us off into a single path so it doesn't necessarily have to be university where you're successful so i do appreciate my high school for a lot that they did for me and for the academic preparation that they've done for me to be able to make it through you know we're finally done with our first year of of university so i'm glad to i was happy in so many of my classes mm. oh, i learned that in high school oh, that doesn't high yeah, school yeah, yeah. get back to my parents oh i did this in high school oh, why are you still failing <laughs> oh, oh thank you thank you no um so yeah they did help a, a whole lot of time so, yeah yeah i think if i could add on like one specific thing that um you know high school has taught me that was like really essential in um uni would obviously like find groups find like those be in those associations you know but always those citations (laughs) I was like, oh, there's, yeah, APA referencing. (laughs) I was like, I didn't expect it was that. Like, I know we touched it in history, but, like, I didn't expect it was that serious. So particular. particular, Like, oh, my gosh, the indents. Crazy. (laughs) But, yeah. That's cool. Um, Some of you have mentioned now a couple of times about mental health, and I'm curious about, you know, there's a lot of pressure on young people in high school, at uni, and, um, you know, our country isn't exactly known for caring for the mental health of our young people. We have, you know, there's some statistics out there that um, do not reflect well on us, and so I'm curious about the pressures or the things that play on your mind um, at high school and now at university, are those things still the same? Um, have things changed? How do you deal with them? Um, just some thoughts on that. Oh, uh, well, with me, I was I was kind of brought up really, really old school. I, I guess, you know, how can you have me on mental health? So, <laughs> but uh, my mom was a, she was a, she's a family therapist now. And she, oh, she she was a social worker, so she was really in in the in the crowd with the people who were talking about you know uh, suicide prevention, uh, mental health um, preparation and whatnot. And so I guess that that played a massive part in our up, up upbringing upbringing. Uh, but most of most of our childhood was you know rub some dirt on it, you know. Mm. We've been through worse, you know. <laughs> I travelled up the hill to get to school, but you know, those are the stories that make you strong. And I, uh, I've always been a believer in um, strong discipline being for us Islander people. Uh, yeah, it's always it's always been a strong belief in me. I've I've seen the results of undisciplined men, specifically many undisciplined young men, and it's not a it's not a pretty sight. And um, you see where their mental health goes and the things that they tend to. Uh, tend to do uh, but in in terms of discipline from young you see you know ma- massive man I'm, talk- I'm talking about one of the Kamafangan wingers he was almost almost seven foot jacked jacked guy but soft as heart 
you tell my grandma will tell him anything to do, he'll go and do it. My my uncle George, massive monster of a man. I would never pick a fight with him, but absolutely, one word from my grandma, he goes and does it. And so I think those things play a part in you becoming a, a stronger person. You know, a strong discipline, being strong minded, I guess, and resilience. You know, that that's taught from young. I think so. That was that's me. <laughs> yeah, I feel like mental health. It's a really touchy subject, and um, you know, transitioning from high school to um uni, they're two different like kind of levels that you reach in those times uh, during those you know eras um, but I feel like for me overcoming there's always that that common ground that has played throughout my journey in both of those spaces and that would be like you know thinking back to your family like your purpose you know at the end of the day there's going to be a lot of struggles that you face but if you keep like pushing for that, you know, you know, keeping your family as your forefront, as your drive, you know, um, mm. yeah, that would like get you far. And I feel like it has gotten me far, like after I've just like cooled down, you know, and um, yeah, I was going to say something. Um, yeah, just <laughs> lost my chain of thought. But yeah, I feel like if I'm like it's obviously not gonna be an easy pathway like with your mental health and stuff but if you're like always like I used to in high school I was like I would have that mentality or oh, it is what it is you know I'd get over it and like I would you know come back but in um uni I've realized that it's the same but you know there's different you know measures that you have to take to make sure that you're like mentally physically like your whole holder is like kept in check mm. yeah um just hopping onto that for me i i, I don't really have a issue with mental health there may have been some issues but i didn't notice as mental health issues like um first for instance um procrastination that's a big one for mostly every student i think um just getting the motivation to finish that assignment and not worry about it later. That's one of the biggest issues I had um, in high school and this year, sadly. But um, I think what procrastination stems from is being comfortable and being too comfortable to the point where you like being comfortable and then you don't want to do anything, um, don't want to worry about those things that are causing you stress. Um, yeah comfortability is yeah oh, I forgot. is the cause of procrastination um i think anything that makes you stimulated or and then leads to addiction leads to um like an offspring of of procrastination and one thing that got me over um got me over that um you know the lay of the lay of action was um yeah um, purpose, knowing your purpose, um, keeping you motivated, ter determined, um, but also putting that phone down. Um, yeah. Know that 
you know, watching all these TikTok videos for like hours doesn't Doing get you anywhere. Right? Yeah, well, yeah. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. it's so easy to get stimulated by um, social media now. It's just a swipe away and just just those stimulating, like, that dopamine levels are like so high, which is crazy. I, I do not get that. How do you get so stimulated from just a swipe of, of, of a finger? I think that just gets um that gets me comfortable is just um just being lazy and just but also um what Caroline told me was um good stress good stress and bad stress yeah, and noticing it stress, yeah. and yeah and that helped me um throughout the semester as well because it's those stressful moment, moments that you need um that get you over the line and yeah I think I think um stress is just a the alarm bell that never stops ringing in your head at the back of your head is like oh, you can only turn down the volume but not fully mm. turn it off um um way i put it and i think when you increase the volume is when you really need to like um get moving um yeah that's that's probably the point where i put my phone down and yeah but also another main motivator to um chicken in my mental health was one word christ Jesus God yeah. and that that was the main motivator for me especially this year um finding him yeah yeah that's me grandiose cool. man yeah. oh wow man so it's, honestly so much wisdom in what each of you has shared and it's really interesting just that paradox of um you know a lot of our families and the generations before have come through so much struggle to give us a better life and then just um, talking about Mac when you mentioned that procrastination comes from comfort and so our families they want to provide us with a good life and there's this weird balancing act that when we get to a certain point how do we stay hungry and stay disciplined um, and you know stay focused on the vision of our ancestors but also of our family when things are so comfortable when social media is just one swipe can be hours of your life just like that and so it's this really interesting dynamic that if we don't stay focused and disciplined it's really easy to just fall into like this weird state of limbo where you're in a bit of a haze and you just lose track of time yeah. um and it sort of just reminded me of this thought obviously something i need to practice myself but someone once told me that um the joy of our lives should not be in the circumstances but it should be found in the focus of our lives. And yeah. so whether it's focusing on Christ, on our family vision, on those who came before and aspiring to great men, um, that's actually where our joy should come from as yeah. opposed to just getting caught up in the stresses because there's always going to be stress. And so mm -hmm. I think it's cool that you guys have talked about um, each of those those little points that are often they're actually really huge things. And I know that the listeners will gain a lot from what you've just shared. So thank you so much. Yeah, I love what you just shared, uh, Mac. All of all of you guys, and obviously you you mentioned Christ, Mac. Mm. Just wondering because obviously you've been in high school now. You're in the, another institute uh, in uni. Uh, obviously, there's another institute in terms of church, uh, and we've touched on diversity of thought. Have there been instances where your thoughts and your values and morals have been challenged? Especially during the tutorials or during the lectures, you think, "Oh, I've just, I, don't, I don't stand for that. I don't, I don't believe in mm. that." Um, but you felt like you just had to go uh, with the with the pack, or did you, or did you find yourself, you know, I can go against the grain. I, I'll stand up for what I believe. This is what I actually believe for. This, this is what I actually stand for. Has there been instances like that? Mm. No, I yeah, definitely yeah. had 
those yeah. occasions. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, <laughs> yeah. Um, there was one time in our um, lecture, and it was for oof, um, anthropology. Anyone <laughs> was in that class? Um, so they were talking about like gender and like you know the the whole um, realm of those um, stereotypes and etc. And there was they mentioned and. I, we, me and my friend, we kind of knew, like, oh, we should have just stayed home, <laughs> this lecture. But, um, yeah, we came and we were sitting right at the front and um, they were playing, it was like, they were playing music videos and it was, like, really, like, you know, explicit and everything. And then um, the lecturer touched on, like, some of the, um, you know, um, societal like perspectives of those and then she kind of like misrepresented or like miss said something like or like religiously and like me and my friend we just looked at each other and she kept going and she was just like we were just like this is so wrong and we literally just left <laughs> we literally just left we're like nah like um yeah but thinking back on that like you know when you're going through those different, um, you know, even though it's like good to be there and like, you know, try and see their perspective of things, like when you know it's not in your like, um, you know, morals or like your your viewpoints, sometimes it's good just to like, you know, step away. Otherwise, like, you know, <laughs> mm. but um, yeah, like this, like being in different societal like places, like, you're obviously going to come across things that you don't morally, like, agree with. And I feel like it's good to be there and understand their viewpoints, but sometimes it's just a matter of fact of, like, if you strongly believe it, then you should strongly, like, perceive it or, like, you know, pursue it, you know. Cool, man. I I, I think it's... it's, um you know, it's really hard, especially at uni, to be steadfast and strong, hold hold strong to your faith. Especially, it's it's kind of a subliminal uh, ostracization, if you if you understand what I mean. Where if you are um, steadfast in your faith, you're kind of othered. If you know what I mean, people. I guess, uh, I guess the quote that kind of fits is is you know people have educated themselves into imbecility, where they've kind of forgotten what it's like to be the other guy and so I, I think holding steadfast to my th- faith has kind of marginalized me a, a little bit if you get what I, you mm. know, you, you're kind of pushed to the side it's like oh god and biology mm, push sure. him to the side he's he's talking fairy tales but i think you know when you believe that's your your life force and when you believe that's that Jesus Christ is your savior, you take what he says seriously, and yeah, I, I would rather hold on to what Jesus says than what a lecturer says True. anytime. Yeah, so that's that's been the strong point for me, I guess. Yeah, I'm I'm the exact same as Nate. Um, being that other person, oh, that Christian guy, you can't then pass my vape. You won't puff that. <laughs> I, I've had friends that literally try to put me on weed and 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 vapes. And I was like, nah, nah, nah. But they still did it. And I I am a faithful man. I am people might not know this, but I, I do have a um relationship with Christ. Um and it's been a long journey with um yeah, this relationship. But 
um, yeah, that's what that's the um, hold of my morals, um, Christ, Christ Jesus, and I think, um, yeah, just trying to navigate with all these diversity in this um in that environment is so diverse, um, and I just think yeah, just keeping the faith, and I put this picture in my head of, um, um, this vision in my head. Um, holding my hand with Jesus and there's all this craziness going around us but if I just maintain my hand with him then everything's going to be alright um, I just I, yeah I'm an imaginative person um, I just see myself um, like looking after Jesus and he's just saying oh, it's going to be alright it's going to be alright just continue to hold my hand and then as soon as I let go well the craziness happens and surrounds me yeah, there's this Denzel Washington quote that I've um, watched today in preparation for the podcast. <laughs> um, I try to remember it. He says, um, if the devil ignores you, that means you're doing something wrong. And yeah, I I, I agree with that so much because as soon as I let go of um, his hand um, and not um, having a constant relationship with him, it's been hard. I get... You know, temptation arises, trying to resist it, it's harder. Um, and then procrastination gets harder. Um, I started getting angrier. But once I have that one prayer, I yeah, everything falls into line. And yeah, that craziness spreads away. And that's when the devil tries to tries to catch you again. And then if you know that temptation's getting harder, that means that spiritual warfare is getting um you know, it's working. Um yeah. That's cool. That's cool, man. Creative science, is it? Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so Creative, cool to man. hear. So awesome to hear how strong your faith comes through. And um, just thinking back to the unique experience, um, I remember feeling the same way in a sense where, you know, we're talking about things that don't go with what we, you know, what we grow up believing um, and then feeling like it's a, oh, that's the Christian bunch over there. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, I was grateful for it in a way because it made it easier to find other people. When we talked about diversity of thought, that was one of the diversities yep. that was helpful was like, actually, cool. This is the group that I'll be with when if there's anything that will come in terms of the things that we're learning that might clash mm. with my own faith, then I know that this is the group that we can talk about it and decompress and all that sort of stuff. And um, just really cool to hear that even at this young age um, that your faith still plays an active part. And I was curious, Pete, in terms of um, faith in your life, because it's interesting to hear it from the young perspective. And then when you think back to your work experience and having to maintain or keep your faith and having to make tough decisions in your career, what's that been like for you? Uh, yeah, it's, it has been. It's been very hard in terms of when you wanted to do something, if you want to achieve something, especially... Uh, in the Western world, but also in societal pressures and issues that you have to f face. And so I totally agree with what you're saying, uh, Nate. If you really believe it and the values that you uphold and you um, steadfast towards what you actually believe, uh, then it shouldn't be an issue. I think if you believe who you are and what you stand for and your convictions, then it's not going to phase you. Uh, but if you, you know, if you're uncertain or if you're not too sure about something, obviously you, you're going to waver. You're going to go back and forth like, oh, I'm not too sure. And so, yeah, my my thing has always been: this is what I believe in. This is this is a 
this is where, where I stand, and whatever opposes that is, is yeah, regardless of your decision or whatever pre- preference you have, that's you. I respect you in that manner. We can agree to disagree, but this is where I stand. And it's always been my, my, my kind of train of thought and what I've done in terms of who I am as a person. And also be respectful at the same time. I always respect people with different perspectives, mm. different, um, uh, you know, different um, attitudes. And so you, know, you can't go wrong with being respectful. I think people respect you when you're able to respect them, vice yeah. versa. But yeah, that's a, that's a good question again, um, Jay. Um, and the reason I ask is, in some senses, I think I wish I was as courageous as you three are in terms of having, you know, defending your faith and standing up for what's right. I think from my perspective, I've often put off my faith to want to belong, like my desire to belong has been stronger than my faith. And I think that's just more down to my personal journey with faith and I'm still trying to find my feet and um, I just accept that it's part of my learning, it's part of my journey. Um, but to be able to stand strong in what you believe in, like it's not easy and I think there's a lot of people listening that can actually gain a lot of courage from what you've what you've shared with us just now um, regarding faith because again, if you feel like that in uni, it's also like that everywhere in the world, yeah. in every industry. People will make you feel lesser because of your faith, um, especially in the modern age where there's all sorts of theories and learnings and opinions and all that sort of stuff. And people take a lot of that as fact. Um, faith becomes the minority. It becomes mm. the strange thing. But um, it's it's always been an anchor for our people as growing up personally, but also for the people that have come before us, um, you know, our parents, our grandparents, all that sort of thing. So pick up some of that. That's cool. Good question. Obviously, in university, obviously, with the lectures that you have, one of the main points is they teach you to critically think. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, you critically yeah. think. Obviously, some of those those thoughts uh, may oppose what you actually think and your convictions. But on the flip side, has there been something that, oh, that you actually thought and you kind of held uh, close to that you think, oh, maybe I was, uh, maybe I was wrong. Maybe the maybe the the lecturer is saying something that oh maybe I should look deeper more deep into that and maybe they have something that, that is actually right and your train of thought or your your decision kind of has has changed. Is there is there even a moment in, in in university where you're like oh no maybe, maybe yeah maybe I, maybe I was wrong. I can't think of any. No, well the lecturers are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All about the steadfast new. Yeah. No, not not really. I I think um, you know when you when you hold to your beliefs as truth, because you know that's what we're all trying to look for. We're all trying to look for truth, and um, you know, like the quote goes, it's it's uh, another bigger, it's one bigger showing another bigger where I found bread, and so it, when you're offering your point of view towards those things, you're offering truth. Um, we're all in pursuit of truth, and I think my pursuit of truth has led me to the gospel and uh if if yours doesn't lead you there so be it i offered you my hand you didn't take it but uh god willing you'll take it someday because you're wrong (laughs) 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 straight up (laughs) yeah hand on my heart yeah just that's truth yeah yeah has there been any people like in the, obviously some people have different perspectives? Has there been lecturers or even students who have challenged you in your thoughts and in what you stand for? I hope they do soon. <laughs> 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 Test out um, your left hook again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Or they're too afraid. Are they too afraid to, to challenge you guys? Yeah, yeah, I feel like once you've like, you know, you've um kind of put yourself out there in those groups, like then you only like have those groups to kind of conversate and just like share opinions with. So I feel like, yeah, not yet is my yeah. answer. Yeah, me too. Not yet. Um, not really had anyone challenge my faith. Only, only f- making me feel conflicted. Those exterior sources, yeah, exterior sources make me feel um, conflicted just by the actions of people and my friends, close friends, mm-hmm. just make me question my beliefs. Um, like I said before, uh, like vaping and drinking, all that culture, all that um, high school, university, teenage culture. I don't really fit the fit the um, the scope of that, but I'm happy with where, where mm-hmm. I am. Godless. It's good. I feel like it's really hard for our generation, like right now, to kind of like not fall into those cultures, mm. you know, especially of vaping and all of that on the side. Yeah, I just yeah. think that Western culture um just made it made it bigger and like the <laughs> like the most enjoyable thing. But um to to us um religious um um yeah us believers. It's probably the worst things to get ourselves under um, yeah. in these cultures. And yeah. Yeah, I think in terms of faith, you know, I think that's where we apply that, you know, only God can judge the heart. And so, you know, uh, our outward actions don't always match up with what, you know, I've, I've done things that I would say weren't, you know, that wasn't me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that usually, but I've done it. So I don't think all the time our outward actions lead us towards that. But I don't, I think uh, nobody's challenged me on my faith so far because I look, he's, I think I look scary at school. Eh? Look like a kind of homeless person. Oh, he's supposed to be in the lecture room with things. I had, I had one instance actually where the entire lecture room was filled except for my row and my row and one chair on the row beneath me. So the lady came and sat on the end of my row. I was here towards the wall and um, she looked. She turned to me, turned, took one look at me, and then she was sat on the. Oh. She sat on the next row. I'm like, oh wow! <laughs> so I just sat there by myself while the whole lecture room was filled. Like, good, good on you. Good on you for looking she scared. Saw you. I, I love Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's my eyes or something. Isn't it? I think because you went to Avondale. Oh wow! Probably the Bailey Mall. Next question. Next question. <laughs> Man, it's it's so interesting. I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts about because um, I feel like people react differently to being ostracized or being the minority group. You know, sometimes we'll keep to ourselves. Um, other times, it makes us more desperate to fit in. Um, sometimes there's a bit of anger and resentment there. Um, and I'm curious about you know uh, your thoughts on victim mentality and like having the courage to just own that things are different and I can still walk this path because I think a lot of people would buckle um, under wanting to fit in and having pressure. And I know you guys have talked about faith, but what are your thoughts on things like victim mentality, which I feel like is something more modern. I don't know, perhaps it's been around for ages, but I'd feel like it's definitely more prevalent in today's society. I feel like that just adds on to the comfort, like comfort talk, like, you know, we feel like we can only like, achieve much or like you know do the best we can when we're comfortable but obviously there's that saying like you know um you can't go oh like like comfortability Mm. like 
if you're not in your comfort zones or if you're not reaching out of your comfort zones then you're not um you know you're not moving or like mm. you're not that's true um but yeah yeah, yeah. I, I I think you're. Sometimes it makes me mad, the kind of victim mentality. You know, it it kind of occupies space for real victims. I guess, um, not to say that a lot of people aren't aren't victims and and that we haven't suffered. But you know, everybody's been through pain. Mm. Everybody's been, I guess, marginalized in some way. You know. Oh, he didn't talk to me or something, something along those lines. But uh, yeah, in today's generations, the way that it's kind of spiraled out of control, it's it does make me a little bit mad. But um, yeah, I guess that's all I have to say. Yeah, I didn't have that much to add on. Um, I haven't really been victimized. If I, I'm a really faithful man, and I keep to my faith. I sometimes I keep it in private. Um, like Nate said, if you have your perspectives, I have my perspectives. I respect yours. You better respect mine. Cause, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Despite, despite like having differing perspectives, I don't, I don't, I don't hate you, eh? I don't, I don't hate them. I love them. Coming from my moral values, I love everyone, and I make sure to um, um, hold kindness to um, to like paramount. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, you know, we're all people. Mm. You know, no one's more marginalized than one another. You know, we're, we're people. We go through hurt. We go through pain. So I think we can relate to one another on that level. If we can't be on religious thought, if it can't be on, you know, the color of our skin, then just relate to each other as people. Mm. Oh, that's cool. Mm. I love that. I think just another thought that came to mind as you guys were speaking was there are a lot of things you know, that make it harder for us to find success in our chosen field. But I never got the feeling, as you guys shared your experiences throughout this whole interview, that you used it as a shield or as a reason for, like, why you haven't done, the you know, the things that you wanted to do. Um, and it's just really cool to see the hope um, and the ambition and the drive in each of you in, in your um, individual pursuits. Um, and saying that it's very evident that the pursuits although you're doing them on your own when you go to uni that you all represent something more than just yourselves um whether it's christ or your families um that is really it really comes through as you guys talk about your experience so thank you so much for sharing so good i like what you said nate in terms of vic being victimized that it's not about um, everyone goes through pain everyone has, has faced or experienced hardships or struggles or trauma whether it be past or present, but love it because it is. I really, I hundred percent believe that it should be based on your own merit, your own merit, your 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 hard work. Yeah, you, know, you you just just put in the the hard yards. And I should be it should be that way. And I love it that as young as you are, that you have that kind of thought or that kind of capacity to think that way. Because there's a lot of people out there, and I'm just throwing it out there that that may just use that victim card or the race card. Oh no, because I'm an islander, I'm Maori, and all that kind of stuff and use it as an excuse as to why they're, they're not moving or why they're not successful. But I love that you three to, no, no, no. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm brown, I'm islander, I'm Maori, whatever it is, but I'm still going to strive and thrive for what, what I, I can achieve. And so you know, props to you guys. I love that you, you think that way. 
Is that uh, Thomas Sowell talk, yeah? Oh, man, is love Thomas Sowell. I love that Thomas Sowell guy, man. People might oppose him, might not like him, but hey, he's, 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 he's onto something. He, what, he's what, 90, he's pretty, almost 100 now, eh? He's still alive, yeah. he's still alive, yeah. yeah. But man, that's, just, that's amazing. But also, just to, because people are watching this, and you, uh, a lot of the, a lot of obviously, uh, maybe more, more adults, uh, but you get a lot of young viewers who might be watching this and maybe in uni as well, or just kind of thinking of getting into some sort of tertiary education. What do you think they should know? Especially for those those young prefects who may be thinking, oh, what are, what are the key components you think they should understand or they should gear themselves or prepare themselves when they're going in their first year of studies? Um, be prepared to, um, you know, have like identity t- attacks. Like, you know, there's it's a lot of influential, you know, culture and within uni. So like... You know, just be prepared to have opinions that don't align with yours, but like stay strong to your own. And um, another one would be honestly, yeah, just make friends, find those groups because you'll need it. Like those networks, like really, um, really play a part in um, in your studies. Like you know, <laughs> test answers are like I couldn't come to like the tutorials. Etc. Etc. But yeah, um, I feel like one thing is just to be your authentic self, and you know, do the hard yards, but like do it authentically, not off someone else's back, type thing. You know, um, yeah, yeah. I I think just just two things. You know, um, trust God and listen to mum and dad. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that's all from me. You know. <clears throat> There's no real formula to preparing yourself for anything. Mm. Um, you know, I didn't come to come here and you know do do the magic formula, rub the genie lamp, or anything. You know, I think just trust God and listen to mum and dad. Mm. Uh, that's that's all from me. Yeah. Me. Um, I think I have two two um, kind of formulas. One is the same as Nate. Um, trust God. Um, because my experience, I think, comes from God's plan. And I have full trust in God's plan that um, um, as if I hold on to his hand, then he will take me where I need to go. And that's what I keep in the back of my head. But um, for those students that are um, struggling with finding find, and paving their way and paving their um, pathway, I think it's a journey. So it starts... Probably if you're in year 9 to year 11, at least have an idea of um, having your dreams and probably align it with your interests and your passions. Um, if you don't have any sk- a skill set or passions, make some or at least experience some because you'll never have a dream without um, without really having a skill set. So, so build, build a, a proper um, skill set. And also, I think if you're in year 13, you have to make a plan. Year 12 and year 13, make a plan. Um, if you think there are obstacles in your way from, um, that prevent you from following that path, there's many services there that can, um, that can break those obstacles and make you jump over those obstacles. Um, financial issues that you might have, there are scholarships in place, there's study link, student allowance, 
that can at least um, um, hold you up to par in um, your university experience. Um, also, uni prep, um, uh, preparation for uni. Um, like Mena said, building those um, relationships, networking, and making friends. That's nice. the one. Yeah. And I feel like just adding on to to that, um, you know, you gotta do the mahi, get the treats. Mm-hmm. So it's good to like, you know, you have to keep yourself in check. Like you can only be accountable for your own actions. Like no one can hold your hand. Like in those spaces. So I feel like just keeping that in the back of your head, like you know, all this hard work is obviously gonna lead up to something yes. in the long run. Keeping the faith. So, yeah, keeping the faith. That's good, man. That's good. It's mm. awesome. I thought we'd just touch on plagiarism. Oh. Just off the record, has it been dusk? But also, just um, obviously, great advice uh, from you three. But also, obviously, uh, Jay and I are parents. And obviously, you know Charlize, and she's 18, she's at MIT. And sometimes, as parents, we kind of we, we worry for our kids. Obviously, you guys are in uni now, and and sometimes our parents are thinking, "What are they learning? What, what, what is all this? You know, what are they learning? What are they get? What are they gaining? What's the all these these new systems and all these new train of thoughts, philosophies, all that kind of stuff that you are bombarded with every day when you go to to, to uni? And so, what are some of the things that you would hope, or you would would have have loved to tell mum and dad in terms of your your learning, your learning process? your thought process and also what kind of support would you would would want from mum and dad that you haven't already asked from them um i mean for me like coming from like a single parent like having to fulfill those both roles like um you know i don't have anything against like her like the way she like brought me up you know, um, so yeah, no, it's just funny because every time she asks me about uni, I'm like, oh, but you want to understand, like, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, because like, and then I'd start telling her about it and like, you know, like going on a whole spiel and she'll just be there watching her TV and she's just like, oh, yep, yep, yep. And I know she has no idea what I'm talking about, but it's just nice, like, you know, having that, um, you know, they do, our parents do try to understand, like, you know, um, like what we're learning, what we're doing, because obviously it's a different time period, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, and I feel like, you know, I appreciate what our parents are doing for now. And it took me a while to understand that. But, um, yeah, I feel like if I had one thing, actually, I don't think I would have anything, like, you know. But just that support support system really plays like just knowing that they have you, they have your back, whether it might not show it, but like you know it's there. Mm. I think, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Also, Mena. I think I'm in the same boat as Mena, um, single parent. The only person that I talk about my um, my assignments with is my dad, <laughs> and I love my dad, man, because um, every time I try and explain my projects. Um, oh, one of my projects was about um, making a tree that changes weather, uh, changes appearance um, by the change in temperature and the weather. And it was a weird concept to my dad. 
And he was like, he took it back to biblical terms, like, how about if you change the tree into the tree of life? And then, uh, <laughs> and then all those biblical terms and the leaves represent Adam and eating the apple. And, nah, that's not what he said, but something like that. And I'm like, damn. And it's like, oh, I actually support him and supported him with his ideas. I'm like, yeah, dad. And then what? And then what? Oh, yeah. And the next? And what? Yeah. And then, but really at the back of my head, I'm like, nah. I'm not doing that. That's a C plus at I hope your dad's watching this one. <laughs> I love you, dad. But yeah. Because um, in my family, I, I don't really talk about them, um, about my assignments, because um, they don't really understand it. And they don't care. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, I relate to that, but um, but yeah, it's only my dad. And whatever he does, whatever he says, um, I take it. Let me take it. Um, yeah, I just take it how it is and just lie to him that I um, <laughs> love his ideas. But, but yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For me, I think the dynamic between me and my parents. Um, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I. I necessarily need anything more from them. But our dynamic is really transparent in which I, I talk to them about everything. And um, the way, you know, they've always responded this way towards my schoolwork, my brother's schoolwork, my sister's schoolwork. You know, uh, you know, it's kind of the taranga of, you know, pati pōr So, nengan wenga tapuai, o nengan wenga manuia. So, there's any work that's, you know, blessed, that's supported by your family is uh, blessed is your your work's gonna be blessed, so that's kind of the dynamic that we've, I've always had with my parents. But also understanding that as they're watching me grow up, I'm also watching them grow mm. up. So we we have to be um, kind of tolerant of each other. We mm. you're you're growing up in different times. You're growing up in different generations, different ages. Uh, some of the norms have, a lot of the norms have changed uh, since they were in school, and they they understand that. Um, because of my transparency with them, you know, this is the sort of things that my lecturer is touching on. I don't agree with him. I want to, I want to grab him. <laughs> I want to <laughs> say a lot of uh, my interactions at school, a lot of my schoolwork, I, I do share with my parents because I think it's important to keep them in the loop. You mm. know, they're not vegetables. <laughs> there I see. You know, they're not vegetables. <laughs> so you know, you you got to keep them in the loop with your life. My little lover, Nate. My little lover. And no, I just really enjoy that um, that train of thought. I think it's important sharing what you're learning at uni isn't necessarily to get them to understand what you're learning about, mm. but it's simply to keep them in the loop. Mm. Like, it's important to feel like you're wanted or that, you know, that you care enough mm. to share your learning. And I think it's, yeah, you're all on the right track. Um, and just speaking on something that came to mind while you were sharing, um, Nate, was just when we talk about grades at school, I get this complaint from my students all the time. They're like, <laughs> why do we have to learn how to do I'm never going to use this in my life. Um, and my rebuttal has always been, you don't know what the future holds. Schooling at this age is simply to keep the doors open mm. until you know what door you want to walk through. And then all good. You can close the rest and focus on this. Um, And it made me think, um, Mac, I think you had talked about um, things like scholarships and all that sort of stuff that's available to you if you're wanting to go from high school to uni. And it it helped me realize the importance of grades. It's not necessarily to show how smart you are, but grades are simply to show that you can be trusted. 
It's the show that you can be trusted to do the work to get a certain outcome so that when you apply for scholarships, it's not a sign of like, I mean, maybe they use it as a diversity thing, but it's more a sign of based on your grades, we can trust that we can invest this money into your your education and that you'll go through and pull through. So the grades, the work that you put in at high school, it is important because it's about building trust in yourself and from the educators and also when you go to knock on those doors and they say, how do I know I can trust you with my investment, with my time, if it's mentoring, um, with my money, if it's scholarships, and that's what you're going to show as your trust. It's my grades. Part of it will be your interview skills and like, Honestly, things like your faith will be such a great foundation to build on. And already, clearly, I don't know if any of you have done this before, but you all seem pretty comfortable here having a conversation about your lives, essentially. So um, I can just tell that you've put a lot of work in to get to where you're at um, and that from your work, you've built a lot of trust. So, yeah, that was that was just a thought that came to Jay. mind. Sure. Yeah, because you know, what Jay's saying, I look at you three and... Good looking, young, vibrant. <laughs> so much to live for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially you, Nate. You. And so I'm just wondering because I'm thinking because obviously uni is it's a big place, diverse. And so obviously, as young people, the hormones, testosterone is kicking in and all that kind of stuff. Is, you know, are you tempted sometimes? I'm just, oh, maybe I should ask this first. Are you guys single or are you guys? Uh, my parents. But yeah, if you, if you are single, how do how do you guys manage it in terms of the, the temptation that's out there, or also the temptation of hey, you should you should get, you should be with someone, you should have a boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever it is, or the temptation to use alcohol, drugs, experiment, nightclubbing, shadows, so to speak, all the kind of <laughs> the stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so all the, the, the temptation that's facing you guys, and, and, and while you're studying and so forth. How do you guys manage all that? Besides juggling the studies and the assignments, home life, and also the other temptations, how do you manage that? Or just are you just all good? Just to, you know, what? I'm cool just to be single at the moment. I think yeah. I think it it jumps back to faith. You know mm. what I mean? Um, holding holding strong in your in your faith, you you realize you know you you kind of use it as a as a guideline to life. Obviously, there's times that you're gonna fall, you're gonna fail. But um, in terms of keeping yourself in check, you you go by the guideline, you go by the book, and you know for us it just so happens to be the Bible, and that's our our way of living in terms of uh, dealing with temptations, in terms of you know finding a partner. That's always been the go to, I guess, and you know if all else fails, you know mum and dad's always there. <laughs> You're not gonna bring that girl home. <laughs> <laughs> nah, mum and dad, they can always trust them. So. Cool. Yeah, I feel like my home life has really affected like the way I like my home life has really affected the way like I've kind of placed my foot in this world. And I don't, although like you know it's inevitable that temptations are gonna be there, but like if you just you know, if you have your mum's voice in the back of your head, like, I feel like that's, and I'm just, I'm sweet. Like, I'm fine. Like, I have my friend groups and, like, I have my faith. Like, that's all I need at this moment. Like, you know, and, yeah. I'm pretty much the same. Um, you know, trusting in God's plan. 
um, faith. I keep coming back to this, but that's that's what I've been following this whole time um, throughout my journey, um, knowing that um, someone will come along the way and trust God's plan. Um, mm. But to be honest, when I was in high school, <laughs> the girls were the main motivator for my life. <laughs> <laughs> to, <school, but laughs> to be honest, but <laughs> yeah. There was a question I was going to ask earlier when you were talking about like the lack of male academic excellence mm. in school. I was like, yeah. what are the males in high school getting to? Stuff. Then I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> nah, cool. Um, one question I had, and I'm mindful of time, <clears throat> but I was curious about, are there any questions you have, like what questions do you as uni students have about what comes next? next steps after uni there's a lot mm. you know i feel like me i'm always thinking about oh like what is this gonna lead me to like is it gonna be like you know financially stable like is this what my parents are gonna like what are they gonna think or like you know um i feel like those questions do play a part in like how you on your actions and you know they keep you kind of on on the supposed track that you're going to lead yourself to. So, yeah. Mm. I almost forgot what the question was. <laughs> it was just about questions that you have about the next step in your journey. Once oh, uni's yeah. finished, what questions do you have about what might come? Because we're curious beings. Mm. We always are thinking about, like, what comes next. Mm. So I'm curious about the, just the questions that you have about those specific things where you're like, what's next for me kind of thing. Mm. I feel like uncertainty is like a really good, like a really big player in like, you know, what's coming next. Because, you know, everything's going to change. Like, like with me, like with the whole like politics or like I want to be in those spaces. But now that I've finished my year, I'm just like, you know what? I want to do something else. You know, I actually, you know, I could like take that into something else that I'm mostly passionate about. And, mm. you know. I feel like if, when you go through those different experiences, like push yourself out of those comfort zones, then you kind of like unleash different perspectives that lead you on to, you know, bigger and greater goals or like different, you know, pathways that you never thought of partaking in. Absolutely. And yeah. yeah. That, that's a really good question because I hadn't thought of anything yet. <laughs> I think right as of right now, you know, the only questions I'm kind of thinking, you know, what am I going to have for lunch today? <laughs> what time is this assignment due? What am I going to do in the exam? So that, that's a good question. But I think mainly for now, it's, it's just, um, what are the challenges that you're going to face? You know, am I going to do better than I did this year? Uh, in terms of like the coursework, I'm, I'm not too worried really. I think it's mainly just questioning myself. Um, you know, are you going to be stupid and um, try and, procrastinate again or are you going to study right from the beginning right to the end so yeah mm. just jumping on I think um, having a defined goal a clear goal um, many people might not have um, clear goals and I just put another vision in my head that imagine you're on a path and you're in this heavy smoke cloud in this heavy fog and at the end is your dream and you don't really have one. And I think as you're walking through this fog into your dream, the only way you can really see or reveal the reveal your path is by learning and experiencing things. And, you know, 
going to university. I think that's helping me shed some light on the fog and seeing I'm clearly defining my path and my goal. Um, right now, I don't really have a defined goal. I'm just seeing where it takes me um, and all the opportunities that might come with it. Um, but with the students I work with, with the program we've been um, developing, um, there's a lot of students that have a have walking in that fog. And I think that's due to lack of purpose. They haven't been walking mm -hmm. in purpose. And I think if you do walk in purpose, oops, no. I think, you, yeah, there'll be a kind of a spotlight that sheds upon your pathway. And yeah, just making sure you, you know your intentions, you can see your pathway. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it for me. That's cool. And this is probably my final question. Um, and it was just a hypothetical. Let's say you get through your studies, you're about halfway through your studies, maybe two thirds of the way there. You finish your second year. And for some reason, this thought enters your mind and you realize that what you're studying is not what you're passionate about anymore. What do you do? Do you finish it off and then see where that takes you? Or do you change your study and immediately pursue your new passion? What would you do? I think I've been raised by, um, yeah, old school as well. Don't um, don't do a half, oh, half baked or something, half yeah. half pie job. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, half pie job. Yeah, and I think oh, I I can't waste my time, eh? Mm. So like I've seen all that progress that I've made, and seeing that I don't really want to um, finish it off. I have to finish off. That's what I put in my head sometimes, and yeah, I think I'll finish off my semester if I don't like it. Um, but still, yeah. I feel like for me, I would have to change it. Like, because like you're saying, time. Time is precious. Like, although we're still young, like, I like I have that thought, like, you know, you know, time is precious. Like, it shouldn't be wasted on something. Like, all that effort and passion shouldn't be wasted on something that could have been, you know, couldn't have been, you know. Um, yeah, so I feel like... Um, yeah, I would definitely change, <laughs> change like halfway or like throughout whichever circumstance or like situation. Like, I don't think it's just worth it unless, yeah, I, I feel like it just depends on, on the context of it. Yeah. And the student loan, eh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> True, yeah. Especially those scholarships, <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. I'm not too sure. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I would, I would say, um, Keep on going with what you're doing. Um, yeah, it's just just a personal opinion, really. But you know, you've gone through all that time, all that effort. Um, there's always time for passion later, and oftentimes we we don't get to pursue. Um, well, we're not able to to pursue what we're passionate about. But um, at the end of the day, the money's gonna come in. You know, what I mean? <laughs> the money's gonna come in. So I think. Don't, don't, just don't waste your time. Don't waste mm. your, your talent. Don't waste your journey. So, yeah. And the only reason I ask is because it's. I felt like it's a really good indicator in terms of where your mindsets are at. Um, not that there's any right or wrong answer. Like, I'm a big believer that God is aware of the individual journey yeah. and that the thoughts we have, like, he knows that. So mm. he'll put us in a position, whatever we choose, he'll always carve the path ahead. So just really interesting to see the similarities and the differences mm. um, by each of you. Yeah, 
that, that was that's cool. Just one more question um, before we kind of conclude. Obviously, you've you're undertaken, you've undergone your first year of studies, which is all good. Congratulations, you guys have finished officially finished for the year. Well done. Um, but throughout the whole process this year, what has been the greatest aspect? What has been the greatest thing that you have learnt about yourself? Oh, deep. Right to the heart. Shut back. Um, oh, that's a hard question to be honest. But um, I think accountability has been a hard one. I mean, the, you know, probably the most valuable, I'd say. Um, stepping from high school, there hasn't, there's always been um, an exterior source where, ah, oh, do your work, do your work. But now in uni, it's kind of an interior source where I have to motivate myself. So keeping myself accountable because I have a lot of... Um, a big reputation to uphold um, in my university journey. Because if I fail, man, then that's it. I don't know where <laughs> I'm going after that, but, but, <laughs> but keeping my, myself accountable because um, my walk up, um, not being able to walk if I uh, drop out of uni. Yeah. That's awesome. me. So, what, what we've learned about ourselves, yeah, you, yeah. the greatest thing you've learned about yourself this year. Oh, I feel like probably like independence, mm. you know, obviously like going into like the university field, it's always like an individ individual like journey. But like, although you have, you know, you have your collective around you and et cetera, but, you know, it's kind of crazy to, to kind of see yourself, you know, thrive being independent. And that's not something I, you know, would have seen myself you know, thriving, being so like cooped up and like <laughs> within like, you know, family and everything. But yeah, I think accountability and just, you know, thriving for something I I want to like pursue in. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, for me, it was um, my resilience, you know, your, your capacity to be able to take things on and keep going. My, my mom told me that the whole year, at the beginning of the year, I was so weak-minded, you know. Oh, I can't do this and do my schoolwork. Oh, I can't do this and do my schoolwork. But she she showed me and she, she proved to me an example because she, she graduated with her bachelor as well. And she, she told me the story of how she would, you know, go home, do all the fails, go do her schoolwork, you know, and it'd be two o'clock, five o'clock in the morning doing your schoolwork. And it kind of inspired me to be able to take those things on. You know, you can do your schoolwork and, and be a part of the family and wash the dishes, mow the lawn, paint the house, <laughs> cut the grass, you know, everything. You're, you're able to do it. And um, I think one of the, oh, the Taiyo Limoana thing. Uh, one of the things we learned from there is that a lot of a lot of kids are suffering from expectations, mm. but one of the one of the kind of rebuttals to that is you know you can do it, you know what's expected of you it's because you have the ability to do it, and I think that's where a lot of people are, are shying away from or uh, trying so hard to be something else, but you know when people expect of you it's because you have the ability to do it so. That's what I learned from myself or something that my mom told me. So. 
followed my heart and I went with my passion. I put off my study for teaching. I went off and did a whole bunch of things. Entrepreneurship was one of them. And then when I had my first kid, it brought me full circle to finish my studies. So I was a bit late finishing my studies, but the things I brought with me because I pursued all these other things, it enriched my offering now. And now I know that at school, wherever I go, wherever I teach, no one can offer what I can offer because of my journey. And I just think with your mindset, you're actually going to go out and do some amazing things, create some amazing things. And providing for yourselves and your family will never be an issue. Um, and saying that that is everything that I have to share. I cannot wait to see what comes next for you all. And I can't wait to follow your journeys and revisit this conversation in a few years and be like, what's, what's, what's life been like after uni? Mm. Where you at now? How mm. has your vision changed? I'm really excited. You better remember us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, thank you, Jay. Thank you once again, guys. It's just been a real privilege. It is. It's always been a privilege to have young people on, on board on the podcast. But the thing that's kind of really, um, has taken me aback is that how grounded you guys are. You're grounded in your faith and your convictions and also very confident in who you are as, as, as young people. And I can remember back in my days, but you know, even other people that I remember – we used to kind of think, oh, you know, you could often waver to and fro, a bit of uncertainty, confusion, but you guys are not that. You guys are very, very um, highly motivated, very intelligent, and also as individuals, but also not only as individuals, but also as a collective, just uh, very proud, very proud to be in the midst of uh, you young, amazing, amazing people. But we always give a gift, a gift for our... our our guests, and we always draw a, a cartoon or a caricature of our, our guests, how we envision them to be. And so on behalf of Jamin, Brad, and, and Charles, myself, the Mandate team, this is for you guys. Cool. That's for you, Mena. Oh, Mena. Oh. Let's go. Woo-hoo. Whoa. Oh. Yeah. Bang. Awesome, awesome guys! Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for oh, thank you. for coming. Thank you for coming. We appreciate it. Um, just before you, before we kind of finish off, is there anyone that you can think of? Any young people or young persons that you think that would be ideal to come on the podcast? That you know that this, they have some good nuggets to share. Um, I think the next in line um, from our Tai Tai Olemana group is. Um, <laughs> Obviously, it's Sophie and Charm, um, head boy of De La Salle no, Anyone besides... Uh, <laughs> uh, really, I'm not sure guys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those are the only two I can think of. Oh, nice, nice Mac. Probably, um, I can't think of her, her full name, but um, Suluafi, she's like an activist, like a young Samoan activist on like climate change and like, you know, climate warrior. Is the rock still young? You get him. Yeah, probably, probably Toffee and Chum. <laughs> Sorry, mm, can't really think of anyone else off the top of my head right now. Just amazed awesome. at this. No, That's no, me. Thank you, guys. Awesome. We always give our, our guests the last words. If you have any words of encouragement to uh, for our viewers and our listeners, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Silence. Uh, no, I think it's uh, the same thing that I said before, you know, trust God and listen to mum and dad. Mm. Uh, but thank you to you both. Thank you to you both for 
for your questions and for being understanding. You know, we're young, so thank you to you too. Hello. Yeah, if I had one thing to leave off to our viewers, to hold hold um, steadfast on your faith and your like, you know, your groundings, your foundations. As long as you have that, you're sweet. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, I think coming from a student perspective, because I think students will take the most um value in our advice as past students as well. Um, I think my advice to you guys will be, um. Another quote from Denzel Washington. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, and I say this a lot. Um, when I was back in um, Mangere College. Um, what was it? Dreams without goals are just dreams. On the road to achieving those dreams, you must apply commitment and discipline. Because without commitment, you will never start. And without discipline, you'll never finish. Man, that's the perfect way to finish it off. And so, guys, thank you once again. Please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We look forward to your well thought out comments. And as usual, Uzul J, refine, unlock, and take charge. Band aid.